Anyway, that's the story of my air purifier. I'm, I'm glad you shared that with us. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're welcome. What the f*** is going on down there? Hey everyone, welcome to WTF at TFW, a podcast about a children's franchise. And what's this children better than always putting your hand up? Just putting your... Oh, now it's down. I see. All right, now we're going to pretend like your hands were never up in the first place. You okay, sir boss? I'm, I'm right? fine. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> I have to turn my air purifier down, so I'm getting a little skittish with all the toxic waste. Okay. Uh, welcome to WTF at TFW. We're going to talk about some Transformers and also some listener questions today. We're going to do some more catch-up, especially because uh, we did a bunch of listener question catch-up recently, and then I was immediately hit with six more listener questions, so the storm will never end. Uh, and we should just continue rolling around in it. Hi, Aaron. Hey, how you doing? Pretty good. How about you? Doing all right. Built a, yeah. a Lego trophy virtually so that I can know what parts I need to order so that we can have something at work and somehow i did it for free i don't know i still don't understand that part but you'll it'll you'll even it out at some point yeah like at some point when no one else is in the office and you just leave 15 minutes early you stayed until you were supposed to take off that's what happened no one listens to this right i hope here, not at your office okay good uh also joining us today is tj hello hello uh this is a i'm not going to derail us immediately Today seems like it was a pretty darn good Mega Man day. Indeed it was. They had mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, they had the 30th anniversary stream that I was expecting absolutely nothing significant from because they let the 20th and 25th go by with nothing. Mm -hmm. They did something. Uh Yeah. Yeah, we were getting Mega Man 11 and it's actually updated graphics, not a cheap retro title. I'm so happy. Like I don't I don't have any defensible reason for this. I had zero interest playing those last two with the retro graphics because of the retro graphics. I felt like it was interesting. I also felt like it was wasting a lot of the art talent. And the first thing I saw from this Mega Man 11 was that character sheet of like, here's what Mega Man looks like when he's using another power. And it's a little bit more wild and crazy. And it's it's not. It's just like his arm and his helmet change. And I was like, oh, good. You did all this work, but they're going to like crush it down to Nintendo graphics. Then I saw the trailer. Uh, I think it looks pretty darn good. Uh, and I, I, I appreciate where it's coming from. I think the people who are immediately saying it looks exactly like Mighty Number no. Nine need to calm down for a sec, because the only similarity I'm seeing is that they're both using 3D graphics. How dare they? Like, I understand the hesitation, and I understand the comparison. It's not like it's out of the blue, but look at look at the quality of the image. Look at the contrasts, for instance, like. Look at how a screenshot from Mighty Number no. 9 often just looks like someone threw up on the monitor. Uh, look at how a lot of the screenshots from that trailer looked like you could define where all the characters were standing, etc. Um, also, I bet you that they're not going to make a bunch of backer rewards that take 500 years to come out and an action figure that breaks out of the box, but that's besides the point. Um, we're here to talk about Transformers. Uh, and we're going to start off with a listener question. Uh, this comes from the GD Megatron, who says, Dearest podcast members, I have recently been backtracking and reading some of IDW's Transformers comics I missed. One of the said comics was the critically acclaimed Last Stand of the Wreckers. As I was reading it, all I could think about is how awesome it would be for Hasbro to turn it into a full-length animated movie like what DC Comics has done. With that being said, I was wondering what Transformers comic you would like to see turned into an animated film. Stay on time and stay on topic. 
Click. Uh, that is right. That is our tagline. We are always on time, always on topic. And uh, GD Megatron, you are certainly not the first person to come away from Last Stand of the Records thinking that okay, would Aaron, be a pretty darn good one hour like cartoon special. Y- yeah, uh, he is still talking. L- We're having issues again. Oh, no. Hey, everyone. We're back from our technical issues. We sorted it all out. It's perfect. TJ, you sound beautiful. Aww. Aaron, you sound okay. Aww. Like, I get to, People are going to think I'm being a jerk, but I'm, I'm, just, I'm just giving back what Aaron gave. I'm, granted, he didn't give what it to me. What are you talking about? So, I'm just... What? What's going on? No, wait. My recording was going the whole time. Never mind. <laughs> Hooray. Um, we were talking about this listener question. So, uh, we were talking about how uh, everyone who saw or read Last Stand of the Wreckers came away, you know, for years now saying, yes, please make an animated short direct DVD of it. Uh, so that's also barred from being one of our own answers to this question because it's it's the obvious one. Um Aaron, I know you're not like 100% caught up on IDW, but you are caught up enough to have read a whole I, lot of I it. I have no answer other than Last Stand of the Wreckers. I mean, oh nuts. Maybe maybe the the second Wreckers series. Well, that's like the part that'd be, two. That'd be double weird to make <laughs> on its own. That would no, have to be a sequel it's, piece. It's the follow up after. Yeah, it's a sequel. Okay. Um, well, TJ, is there anything that jumps to mind for you as far as Transformers comics you've wanted to see? There's a couple I'd be interested in. Uh, the first one that would probably work best in movie format that came to mind was War Within. Mm-hmm. Um, the other one that came to mind, only because it feels like the movie Michael Bay was born to make, was Generation 2. Oh, like the old Generation 2 comic done as a miniseries? Yeah. That could be interesting. That I feel like that could potentially go well, but it also could go real bad. <laughs> Well, imagine the irony if that actually goes over really well and they actually get to tell the Liege Maximo story in a sequel. Oh, I mean, if they get to do new stuff based off of it, yeah, that, you know, if, if they get to take a lot of liberties, I think it would work well. If they tried to do like a 100% like true to the scripts retelling, that could go kind of sour, I think, unless they they have the right attitude about it. Right. Like, like I like the G2 comic, but like you can't be precious about the G2 comic. You got to you got to roll with some of the sillier stuff in it. Uh, avowed by the author to be silly, if I recall correctly. Um, it, it also depends on whose version of the narrative that you actually go by. I found out that uh, Larry Dottillo wrote Beast Wars with the presumption that at the end of the G2 comic, the swarm had wiped out everyone on Earth. Oh, really? <laughs> I, yeah. That was an interesting thing to discover. I actually, I'm, you know, I probably, I probably heard that somewhere and then forgot it, but that's an interesting piece of info. Uh, like it was post-apocalyptic in the past. Yeah. My own answer is very, I I have a very quick answer to this, which I'm surprised by. It's, it's an extremely quick one. I think that it would be kind of cool to see like a mini series or a directed DVD made out of the shadow play story. Uh, that was kind of like, it's a, it's a story that I often think was in a different series in IDW, but I think it was actually in like the, the ongoing pre chaos, but it's the whole story about, like, Cop uh, Orion Pax, uh, the mysterious senator who turns out to be Shockwave. Uh, it's all, like, during the Zeta Prime era. I think it's a really cool story. Um, and it's a really neat setting. That... Was that the digital short one? No, uh, it was... Um, I, f- I forgot how many parts it was. There was a, f- a sequel to it in More Than Meets the Eye when everyone's... Okay. It, it, that was, I think, the story time uh, bit when everyone's trying to get Rung to talk again after they fixed his 
blown up brain. Um, but uh, it's a, it's a really cool. It's a, so it is like a, a cool pair of stories that I think could be made very accessible to a wider audience as like standalone uh, tales. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly, I feel like that might have been like not literally those stories, but the idea of taking a vertical slice of that kind of IDW fiction and trying to make it presentable, like is the, is one of the tenants that was not delivered well in the machinima cartoons. Um, so I think that there's a, I think there is a good way to do it. And I, I, I would implore everyone like, don't like, don't give the machinima cartoons the credit of being the failed attempt to do a vertical slice of IDW for a wider audience. By the way, have either of you checked out Titans Return yet? I should probably ask. No. Yes, I have. Okay, how, like like fully caught up? Uh-huh. Okay, because I've only seen the first two episodes. But I've been hearing stuff about episodes three and four. I've been hearing about, like, the thing I've been seeing go around, and I don't know any spoilers about this entirely. All I know is I saw a lot of people talking about Foghorn Leghorn Overlord. <laughs> so clearly that means something to you. Uh, all I know is I watched the first two episodes and the audio post-production was even worse than on Combiner Wars. Um, so I've not been in a rush to catch up. I will catch up. I would still like to record a thing about it when it's done. Um, but it, it, it's definitely not something that should ever be looked at as the example of how to bring comic book stuff over to a larger audience because it sucks. Um... So I guess that uh, that answers the listener question for the most part. Uh, let's move on to we're still we're still unricketing from the like for the listener's sake. We 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 basically tried to do a very sudden change of technologies on the spot again, uh, and we've pulled it off. But I think I'm I think I'm still running on the adrenaline of, of everything actually just, working. Just that high that hit of like oh it worked now what? Uh... Yeah, like I still feel like I'm supposed to try to think of more alternative technologies, but these are fine. They're working. Uh, we're, we're also, we're hiding out in the Vangelis Central Discord channel that is only populated by, like, other pod, like, basically you two, and then, like, patrons. <laughs> so we're, like, in a, we're in a bunker, uh, yeah, for lack well, of a better so- Sometimes term. that's how you have to fall back. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Anyway, we're gonna talk a little bit about Tokyo Comic Con, because that just happened and there was some stuff on the floor. Uh, we don't have to do, like, the full run through all this stuff. I just wanted to, uh, to open it up in case any of you guys had, uh, any major things you wanted to say from seeing some of this stuff um, in hand, I guess the best way to put it, in person? Uh, shots of all these things. Um, let's let's just open up quickly. They, the, the, the sculpted texture on Masterpiece Dinobot is crisp and delicious. Like all those dino scales. Mm-hmm. It looks so good. Uh, I'm, I'm really liking it. Um, TJ, I know that you're uh, you're watching uh, this new masterpiece, Scott McNeil. Um, how are you feeling about? <laughs> I think this is our first look at like a physical prototype that's not in like a photo shoot booth. I like that you phrase it that way. I mean, how else are you going to phrase it, right? <laughs> no, it looks fantastic. Like the de- the sculpting on it looks great. I love the the scale texture that's going on. Uh, yeah, it was weird to me seeing that display of the upcoming masterpieces and realizing hmm like uh we're getting masterpiece 39 this month and then by all by the time we get to july we'll only be up to 41 Mm -hmm. that seems like we used to get more than that well 
We have, but sometimes those those larger numbers of them have been built on the back of redecos and retools. Yeah. Who is well, do we yeah. know MP40? Is that the the hot rod or Yeah, MP40's hot rod. Well, there you go. It's <laughs> I was about to go look it up. Um yeah, I think that between Sunstreaker and Dinobot, there's so much fresh going on with those two that like to me that explains why they're they're sl- I feel so weird saying slowing down. <laughs> they're but, pacing. Yeah. Cuz yeah, I uh, I think that I almost wonder if like the MP40 thing is is really just like okay, we need to have something come out to maintain the modern pace. So put this target master on this other toy and let's put it out. Like that's we've talked about MP40 before. Like he's not a very exciting masterpiece release uh for me at least. Um Aaron, do you have any thoughts on on seeing the fresh picks, the in-person picks of uh Dinobot? Um I I nothing terribly new. Uh, like he, it's he's it's nice seeing that the scale. Yeah, he big. We figured that once we talked ourselves down off of that. That's the price for a case of four ledge. Remember that um, day? That day when that yeah. suddenly all <laughs> seemed to make sense because it was like, well, that's the wholesaler price. So you just kick it up to like 120 bucks. I guess that makes. It's like yeah. no, he's also massive. It, <laughs> it definitely looks like he has a maybe. A, there was one of the photos that was taken from like up the dino butt a bit more. Yeah. And you can definitely see where some of the stuff is hiding that, of course, in the magazine shots, they don't show like, hey, here's the worst angle to look at this thing from. Um, Like, you got to eventually do that, right? Like, that's also where the stand rams in there and like. Well, it's it's not just the stand because the stand, it looks like they have a special cup piece or some something that's holding it up. But it's more so what looks like, you know, you see the 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 other parts of the dino hand. I guess you do see in one of those like where it jumped stepwise pretty far. Yeah, yeah, and in like photos, the, in the, but it looks like there's like maybe that's the teeth on the side of the chest that's hanging out. I think some of that's also side. robot leg. Maybe, but like you, some of that you, you see some of that up in there. Yeah, I, I, to, I, I, to, I, to prove that it's actually a fag and not two separate models that happen to share like the arms are yeah. the same or something, and haha, we're going to get them. Like I still, I still think it looks, I still think it looks fine. Uh, I think it looks downright oh, impressive. I, I do. I, but, I'm uh, not, I'm not saying that this detracts it from it any. Um, yeah. As always, when we get to actually see the way the crazy engineering works, it, I think it gives it um, more excitement than less. I've, I've actually been noticing as well. Shots of this guy as a gray prototype make the the hump on his back look smaller. Like something about the color work makes it visually pop out even more. Okay. Uh, it's really weird, like because uh, we saw some in, in a magazine, was it a magazine or was it that Generations book? Some turnarounds of his robot mode in gray prototype form, and the the kind of you know the lump of of compressed stuff in his torso made for, I thought visually more of a back hump when he was like the painted prototype in that video. Um, I don't know, it's weird. Color color does weird stuff to mass. Uh, also, I'm, I'm guessing we don't really have anything to say about MP40, right? Like he's there. No. Yeah. Um, well, we also, we also got to look at, uh, Sunstreaker, but there's not very much else to say about him, what with his release being imminent. Um, so the, the only other stuff here that really was fresh, they had some movie, the best toys on display. Uh, that hound has got a, you know, that, that big new hunk to fill out the back of his, uh, his alt mode. It looks like he might have a new head sculpt too. Um, 
certainly movie the best has got to do a whole lot now to maintain anyone's interest because like you all can see right that fifteen thousand yen movie the best like another well done repaint of leader optimus with slightly different parts mm-hmm. where i i feel like he's a fifteen thousand yen accessory for the jet fire that they're releasing like that's all i conceive as far as a draw for and, him like I asked, and again I asked these Twitter, are just like, like very well painted versions yeah. of the movie toys that i still have on top of a bookshelf yeah they're uh, like movie the best released um this toy already once in the line with the uh like the different abs that a lot more people than me care about and i i asked some people on the socials i was like does is anyone actually legit feeling this thing like not passing judgment just curious and it's it's like you know with with masterpiece movie out like certainly there are a lot of folks who still prefer the look of this toy to masterpiece movie optimus but like for the second one in this li- in this very small line as well i'm 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 wondering how things will go for this figure, or even if they're producing all that many. Um, but yeah, just just passing it around. Um, Aaron, was there anything else from Tokyo Comic Con you really wanted to? What's, what's with the the headmasters? That's uh, the Japanese comedy duo Downtown. Um, one of whom made a film I really like called Big Man Japan, Daini Honjin. Okay. Uh, this is like a weird like downtown cross Transformers thing. It's less weird now that there's also a Transformers cross Street Fighter thing at the same display table. Uh, okay. Um, but yeah, this is like in t- this is a pack-in with a downtown DVD box that's coming out. Okay. Uh, I don't know why. It it just like there's there's some fundamental level of like, it bothers me. It's and horrifying. It, sh- it, it it's shouldn't. Straight, straight yeah, horrifying. oh yeah, it's, it's straight out horrifying. Those faces are, but at the same time, it's like. Okay, you can do do that for I, I mean I guess if they're putting the money up you'll you'll do whatever but you couldn't like make some some better faces for other th- you know come on the Street Fighter guys they really could have used different heads to make it really pop but yeah those, it's a, those don't get it but this like thing that could haunt my dreams can okay that's that that's fun it's kind of a bummer like seeing this next to the Street Fighter guys in that regard yeah because like uh, the Street Fighter cross uh, Transformer stuff. It's the one big weak point of all that, I'm sure someone will say there's more, but to me, the one big weak point is that there are no unique head sculpts or face sculpts on any of those guys, and they're yeah. they're fighting to make it work. Yeah. I mean, paint apps. They, they're doing a great job with the paint apps. Yeah, to 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 make it happen. But I think if they just give them new heads, they could have yeah. knocked it out the park. Especially because three of the four of those are headmasters, where it's the easiest thing in the world to do a new face. Yeah. It's just this plate you have to make a new one of. Yeah, and you can tell they're trying to cover it up because all the marketing says Convoy as Ryu and Megatron yeah. as Vega. And I mean, that opens up some real fun storytelling potential if they decide to, you know, make some written fiction to go with these guys, which I think we talked about before. Like, that's that's like the other missing key on that Street Fighter Transformers line. This is like the very Japanese version of the... Uh, of the, the was it the Knights of Unicron, the headbanger set? Yeah, yeah, the the metal it's band. Like, this this is like this is like this is like the cosplay group. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it's like the jap the very Japanese version of that. Uh, did you guys see the promo video they put out for the Street Fighter line? Yeah, it's pretty darn I, good. I missed they made, it. They made like I think one new piece of art to have Optimus Prime doing a Hadouken behind Ryu. 
and then they showed a bunch of gameplay footage from Street Fighter 2 and then would like sub in a frame of the toys matching a frame of a special move, sometimes a little bit generously in the case of like M. Bison. They're like, look, he's doing the scissor kick. And I'm like, well, no. you know, when you flash it on screen for a second, I guess I can't notice that like his legs really aren't. But it helps that all the other special attacks they showed for M. Bison was basically like, make him stand, then make him stand horizontally. <laughs> uh, I'm still looking forward to seeing how those turn out in person. I don't know if I'm going to actually buy them, but like they're they're trying real hard. Uh, TJ, was there any other comment you wanted to drop on any uh, Tokyo Comic Con stuff? I I don't think so. I haven't really been paying attention to it, honestly. Transformers wise, that really is about it. Like, there's actually way more Bandai news uh, coming out of that show. Yeah, I I saw a few rumblings of that. There's a Shinkocho Seho wizard with cloth cape parts, uh, and they mentioned Kiva in a booklet. Mentioned Kiva. Yep, the implication is they've actually been working on him for the past year, but can't get the leg chain gimmick to work right yet, uh, and check back next year. Oh, they, they actually wrote the name Kiva, though, in regards to Shinkocha Seho, and that's, do you know how big, for those of you who don't know your Kamen Rider figure arts, that's big news, that they at least acknowledged, <laughs> they put, they wrote the name Kiva in the same sentence as as talking about SH figure arts. You know, that's incredible. Yeah, yeah. But you keep you keep in mind, like, figure arts have been going since what? 2008. Like, yeah, since Kiva. Yes. And they went through an entire iteration of figure arts all the way to this point, And now we're on a completely different branch of what figure arts are. And we still don't have a confirmed Kiva. One could even argue it's been more than two. Because, like, figure arts itself has gone through at least, like... I would say one and a half major revisions as to like its presentation uh, and, and the way it does stuff. So yeah, this is, it was real funny that like, they're like, Hey, new Shinkocho Seho announcement. Who is it? Wizard. <laughs> I was laughing my head off. Uh, also because I never picked up the kind of lousy looking wizard flame style fig arts. And now I don't have to, cause I'm making a good one. Yeah. Um, same I, boat. I feel like I won. <laughs> uh, also some Macross news. Uh, Bandai is going to do a Chogokin VF one. The original Macross Valkyrie, that's kind of cool. Uh, and they're also going to do the the 19 from Macross Plus. Uh, no photos allowed of either of those, so there are plenty of photos online um, if you go check in through Twitter. Uh, but yeah, um, that about does it for the Transformers news from Tokyo Comic Con. So what say thee and thou that we do uh, thou and Dost another listener question? Um What's that? So everyone calls that style of talking Shakespearean. Is there an actual term for that style of talking? Probably uh, oldie English, Middle English, Middle English, and also like everyone who tries doing it, like what I was just doing there, like are getting tons of it wrong, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. I looked into that once. I was also covering because I accidentally closed the tab with the listener question in it, so I was just getting that back open. Early modern uh, English, according to Wikipedia. Early modern. Okay. Early Modron English. Uh, I got a listener question here from Carito, uh, and I'll mention he he filled the, st the the styling of the question full of strike through text font, but when I copied it into the Google Doc, none of that carried through. So ha ha ha. Uh, Aaron, would you like to read this one? I can. All right. 
Except for I'm afraid that I'm going to misrepresent him if I don't have the strike through text of the original. Well, you know, we could I could go try to hand add that back in. Or you could upload it as an image to Discord after taking a photograph of it through your phone. No, we don't need to try and hammer that together again. I mean, this inversely, Vangelis could just read it from wherever he first got he it. He could. He could. Listen, we're trying to we're trying to represent things properly here. All right. Also, I got this question on like November, no, in October, October fifteenth. I don't I don't want to dig through my PM box that far back. That's that's uh, dangerous. Work. There uh, could be things back there. There could be people you owe money. Yeah, Aaron, your hands up again in Zencast. Yeah, it has been this whole time. Uh, I'm glad you pay attention. <laughs> All right. All right, Corito on October 15th, 2017, or so Vangelis supposes, said, Hello to my f- fellow mathematician Aaron, TJ, survivor of the storms, and helicopter denier and journal scumbag G2 Patley. Oh, that's all good. I come yeah. back once again with a trio of listener questions for y'all. Question uno. Since Transformy and combining toys are my jam, come on, man, spell check. Every time I get a toy I really like, I try to go to Chinese eBay and get a cheap knockoff to buy so that I can hot glue it in place and have a display of the toy in their multiple form. Does that make me a scumbag? The Saint Seiya toy line is the biggest offender for me because goddamn is that Loki armor beautiful in both its modes. Is there any particular toy that you would consider getting a second copy of for display? I just want to quickly throw in, like, if you're buying a knockoff after you've bought the original one, that is about as unscumbag as you can possibly be. Yeah. Yeah. That's 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 literally the dream of like that's that's the the dream scenario presented whenever that conversation becomes a fight online. So no, you're not a scumbag and at I all. I actually know people that have done that in order to like if the knockoff has slightly better joints or something. If there's something oh, that's breaking yeah. nowadays seen like people do that as a like a preemptive repair. Yeah, like you can you can get it if if the knockoff is built well enough, it's a it's basically a bag of spare parts. If it's a toy where the production copy looks beautiful but is also rare and you don't want to actually mess it up, and there's an access an accessible knockoff so you can actually play with it, and that knockoff feels good, which is kind of a specific scenario. Like yeah, that that's a thing people do. Um, gluing it in place to have a display of it in the other form, like I guess if it's a cheap knockoff that can barely hold itself together, that makes sense, but. Uh, I mean, if you really like to just hold it as a display and you can't afford like, you know, two, three hundred dollar statues they produce these days, that's not a bad option. Yeah. Like, and also, I, like I would I would easily see customizers doing that and painting them up to be like super accurate and then just freezing them that way. I was going to say, like, if you're actually getting to the point of you're gluing it in place and you're tweaking the paint and like you're basically customizing it, then like the moral question is completely erased at that point. Like you you've bought it as as stock parts to turn into something of your own. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, as for getting a second copy of a toy for display, um, Aaron, have you ever done that? Uh, I'm trying to think if I've done that with like a knockoff. It doesn't I know, have to be a knockoff. I, I know that I kind of did that with Computron, mm-hmm. since I got both the US and Takara versions. But I don't know if that would count in the the spirit of it because it's two different releases with significant changes between the two of them. Yeah, I felt I felt like with the Computrons, like all of us doing that was more just like we want all the Computron, right? Like picking yeah. one or the other was actually 
um, saying I'm not going to get half of all the Computron that's being produced this year. Right. Because uh, they were so wildly different. <laughs> but yeah, I can't say I've done anything near what uh, what Carito's asking here. All right. Well, TJ, have you ever uh, picked up a second copy of a figure just because you want to have a nice display version? You know, honestly, I can't recall any time I have. See, typically, most of my stuff is on display as it is, you know, unless it's just been on the shelves for so long, I just kind of get bored of having it there, then, uh, yeah, it's usually in the shelves, it's in robot mode, and I can see it anytime I want, so, mm. you know, display is a little bit, you know, another one for display gets a little bit redundant for me. There's times I thought about it. there's, you know, this is one of those questions I hate, because I can remember specific examples of toys that I really, really love the alt mode. To the point where I almost don't want to transform them sometimes, but in this on the spot, I can't think of any. Yeah, yeah. it's bugging me. Uh, like off the top of my head, and I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to wipe out ones where it's like I got a, a technically a second copy of the toy, but a different release of it, or like a version that was improved or looks so different it could be like a, a different toy. Like 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 I really liked um, the Transformers Five Voyager Megatron. And so I bought the upscaled and improved leader size version, uh, Rensora, the knockoff that was like produced to a very high level of quality. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if that counts, though, because the thing's like twice as tall as the Voyager and is built completely <laughs> different and has die cast in it and ratchet joints. So I don't know if that really counts, um, but I am considering doing like the simplest answer to this question for a Macross toy. There's a Macross Delta uh, figure called the Draken, the SV5 uh, or one five one or something like that. Anyway, it's the it's the bad guy jet uh, that looks really cool, and it's a really neat transformation. But transforming that figure, especially early on, like I've scraped up not any of the paint, but I've scraped up a couple of the edges of the plastic. Like they're okay. just a little bit rough. Um, I don't mind because I like transforming that figure. It's a difficult transformation, but right on the cusp of what I enjoy. However, its jet mode is gorgeous. And the figure has not held much value on the aftermarket for a Macross toy, you know, a Bandai one especially. So I've been thinking every now and then, like, if I ever have the spare cash and it's it's the right, you know, time of day where I'm making bad decisions, I might pick up a second Draken just to keep in jet mode. Like, just pull it out of the box and never transform it so that I don't scrape up all the plastic. Um, but that's about as close as I've come to getting a dupe for display reasons, I think. Yeah, I, I think the closest I ever came was intentionally buying repaints just so I had one I could play with and not worry about breaking. Yeah, like, I wonder if that counts. Like, that that seems like a, another answer to the question. But then also, yeah, if you're getting a redeco, especially in the same line, it's like, does that does that satisfy the answer or or yeah. are you just buying two different toys? Technically, mm -hmm. um, I am. I am curious if more people actually do this, though. Like, I know there are collectors out there who buy three of every Transformer. Um, yeah. And, you know, like one in box and one for each mode kind of thing uh, or one for each mode on display and one to mess with. So, you know, is anyone out there is listening who who does do regular multiple purchases or or at least has done the multiple purchases for display reasons? Like, let us know in the thread. Um, but Aaron, tell me about the second question. Uh, the second question. Question dos. Speaking of scumbags, Gundam. Yeah, I really now nothing about Gundam. I've only seen three shows so far. But when it comes to the toys, I base my purchases in one of two things. Sexy shoulder cannons and wings. Any toy with any of those two piques my interest, and anyone with both is almost an instant buy. This applies to any toy line, really. So my question is, do you guys have some sort of toy preference that 
immediately piques your attention aside from transformation combiners what in the world of plastic strikes your fancy well shoulder cannons and wings are a very respectable preference yes like i i, I can dig that that is a uh, solid one-two punch yeah like that that usually works on a lot of figures um I don't know, Aaron, is there anything, like, any specific aesthetic that just kind of gets you right away? Um, lately, some of the things that have been pulling my eye um, that Transformers is doing is the, uh, what Titans Return did really well with, like, the printed stickers. Mm, yeah, with, yeah. Like, the good multicolor prints on a surface um, that, like, harkens back to those old stickers and looks even better than the old stickers would have. Like like the ones that are up, that are not like a, like just in case anyone's confused. You mean like the we keep calling them tampograph, I think. Yes, the, I'm, the I'm not sure how correct that is. Um, yeah, um, I'm like slug slinger here. Even like sea spray has them, um, yeah. where it's very clearly like what were the old school stickers that are now um, tampoed on there. Yeah, uh, I, they're permanently. I'm only clarifying because I, I, someone could have misheard that as you saying, man, the stickers in Titans Return were great. No, the sticker and, uh, stickers we... <laughs> were horrible, horrible hot garbage. Uh, the other thing to not foreshadow what we got this week, but the gold painted on the inside of clear on the two Dinobots that I have so far is super cool. I'm so hyped to see that in person because everyone has been gushing about that. Yeah. The only thing I wish it did better was I wish that it was more metallic. Mm. But I'm I'm not going to like cry about it. I mean it's it's I I always say it's a compliment to a figure when like your biggest nitpick is, you know, what you could call self-deprecatingly that petty, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. oh, the gold could stand to be a little more metallic is the worst thing like, I can say about like this. Like if it had real like not real gold flex, but like <laughs> if it had flex of metallic to it, I yeah, think yeah. that would like turn that knob to 12. I almost wonder because I've like they, they've done very, very flaked gold paint in some paint apps. I wonder if the method of spraying it on the inside of the clear plastic and its adherence to the clear plastic like messes with that. Right. Uh, or being able to use that. And yeah, it's it's very much a uh, an entirely new thing. And they're going to be knocking them all out in like the first two waves. So, yeah, <laughs> they're never doing it again. Yeah. <laughs> See, I don't know about that. They use it for jazz. They had no reason to do it or not. So they I would might love have stuck it. it in. Yeah, like if they just start using that, like like paint the inside of a clear piece as a technique, like because mm -hmm. that dates back to uh, like what RC model cars, right? Like where you get the chassis that's all clear plastic and you spray paint the oh, inside yeah. of it. Yeah, you could do that. Um, it would be kind of cool if that carried over to more Transformers. Yeah, especially if they were to, like, I don't know if you could use it for, um, like, ghostly stuff. Oh, you probably, I think like, that's how like they do. Like, imagine a clear plastic with, uh, like, a translucent paint app on the inside of it. I think that's how they've done paint apps on, like, some ghostly figures, I feel like that's what the paint apps look like on that upcoming Ghost Starscream head that's coming with the Japanese release Octane. Okay, because I know that before when they've done ghostly stuff, it's just been translucent and gray or something so that it looks smoky. Because yeah. that was like, what, Energon Ghost Starscream? Yeah, or like the like plastic yeah. is smoky. just a translucent yeah. like red or something. Yeah. Um, this is all making me also think about that whole, like, you know, that... 
I'm not going to tangent it too hard. That whole quote unquote debacle with that uh, Gold Ranger legacy Power Rangers figure. Yeah. Uh, and then like, oh, I forgot where I, I saw this on Twitter while I was in BC and I just sort of glanced at it because I, I was about to lose signal. Um, but someone talked to a prop maker. I think it was Zeltrax Millennium on Twitter. Talked to a prop maker who has worked with the legacy line on their prop replica pieces who at that distant third hand vantage was able to give some insight as to perhaps why uh, the gold ranger figure has no gold paint on him. Uh, but yeah, oh man, like I, I heard about that. At, I saw the reaction before I saw the issue. And that was one of those real moments where I'm like, I am definitely a spectator to that fandom because I don't know what anyone's talking about. Uh, but yeah, it was a thing. Um, TJ, what about you? Is there uh, is there any particular robot thing that kind of, or I guess this toy thing that catches you? I I generally find, especially when it comes to robots, that my tastes tend toward either really sharp angles and lines, mm-hmm. which is where you get my Cybertron Starscream love and things like that, or just big, heavy breaker style designs, things that just looks like it could smash stuff real good. Like line, like linebacker shoulder tackle through a wall. Kinda. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, like yeah, heavy shoulders, big arms. Uh, I think that's where a lot of my Megazord preference comes in. Uh, yeah, it's probably why I have a big O sitting in my shelves. Yeah, big O, big O is a big boots, big forearms kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's also that's a, that's a common um, aesthetic with some of the the Mavericks from Mega Man X. I always remember, like uh, uh, in X Four, um, the 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 general. The general, the, oh, yeah, the big yeah, floaty the, guy. Yeah, the general's gigantic, and yeah, and he's like got every he's limb got, is bigger than you are. Yeah, and his his forearms, fists, and boots are all like five times the size of his own head. Yeah, uh, but that yeah, that's the thing. It's like they like you know, like Ma- like Mavericks in the first game had that. Uh, Sigma in the third game had that. Yeah, yeah, like just it's it's a it's a forced perspective trick that I, I kind of dig it. That's why. Sometimes when I see discussions about figures that use that trick, but the photos we get don't like make use of the trick. People are just sort of going like, why are the feet so big? And it's like, yeah, they are big, but I bet you it was intentional. Like it's a very Shogun warrior. Shogun warrior is the other one I always think of. Um, they use that kind of forced perspective in the design of the figures. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, it's where you get tiny heads from, too. It's to make it seem like he's much huger than he is. Yeah. Uh, and that, that's a kind of in line with what I was going to say. Yes. Like, I, I have a lot of tastes, um, and there's a lot of different looking figures I like, but I know that with a lot of consistency, uh, a figure with just, you know, big thunking boots, like where there's just weight in the boots, mm-hmm. that usually does it for me. Um, and also, any any Transformers figure, especially, who can, ha- who can maintain just what I would call a really good looking body slope in their stance. Uh, so if they're standing there, they've got that kind of slight S-curve um, from, from head to toe. Uh, if they can pull that off, that usually makes me really happy as well. Um, and I guess that brings us to question the last. Aaron, take it away. Question the last. Well, I've enjoyed Titan's return deluxes. I haven't had much luck with the Voyager since it always feels like one of the three modes is always the, dragging the rest of the toys, particularly with Alpha Trion broadside mold. So I ask, which toys would you like to replace one of the toys third modes with an other mode or completely remove it from the toy and turn it into a dual changer? For my, uh, and this is weird since they use the same skeleton mold, I would like to replace Alpha Trion slash Leo Prime's weird battleship mode for a simpler jet mode since I feel it would fit the character better 
and I would totally remove tidal waves unnecessary jet mode in favor of a better space cruiser. That's all for now. Thank you and good luck. I'm kind of into the the theor the theorizing idea of going like, what if that mold had just sort of a base skeleton that could be tooled to be either a good jet or tooled to be a good battleship? Mm -hmm. Kind of like either or. Uh, definitely that figure is one where the jet mode f feels like maybe we should have just gotten rid of it. Uh, and on, on I guess on, on, on uh, Alpha Trion, there's the whole lion mode battleship thing. Uh, See, I always like the battleship mode, though. I like, like the battleship it, mode, like, too. Like, it's it, it, it's it kind of struck me as like a blockade runner. I wish like, it as... wasn't the distant third of the three modes. Y you know what? Yeah. I wish that there was because is there a Transformers character who just turns into a battleship? Because I always feel like battleship is always a third mode. You know, uh, depends on what you're clarifying as battleship. Like, like I don't know like, that. You know, literally just a big carrier cruiser thing. I'll, I don't know. I think as close as you get as tidal wave, if you count those. Split, so I was thinking yeah. about him. Yeah, like even he has technically this triple changer thing going on. And like, like imagine if there was a version of Broadside who just turned into a battleship. But like that was the focus of his entire aesthetic. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that, that would be kind of cool. Um, also, like this whole line of thinking has also highly derailed me from the actual question of like replacing or removing a third mode on a triple changer. Um, so have either of you two guys got a, an immediate idea that jumps to mind for that? Man, I think for the ones that aren't recreating triple changers, it would have been great to not have them been be triple changers. <laughs> um, although like, although, like most I mean, of those of have just been all, retools, yeah, right? They were all retools <laughs> uh, to one level or another, but it's yeah. like, you know, Megatron, I'm okay with Megatron being a tank and I'm like, and I'm kind of okay with him being a jet. So that one kind of works, but Optimus Prime as a weird tanker jet thing, just like, uh... so here's the, here's the thing I'm thinking of now. So he's, so like Megatron kind of works as a jet. He kind of works as a tank. So he's had a triple changer. He's also had a toy that turned into a tank. We need a new Megatron toy that turns into a jet that isn't a movie Megatron. That's it's what we called need. Energon. Yeah. Well, we need one for this decade is what we need. <laughs> no disrespect to Energon Megatron. That's a, that's a beautiful toy. Uh, oh, man. That's just making me realize I still never got the purple version. Now I'm sad. Oh, it's pretty. Uh, DJ, what about you? Have you got an answer for this question? Uh, I was kind of thinking it over. Like, it, a lot of those triple changers kind of work for me because it, you know... It, there is always one mode that's a little bit lacking, but as long as two modes are solid, then you, I feel like I can pretty much just ignore the third if it bugs me that that much. Mm. You know, it's just a bonus that's worked in there. Um, I don't think I don't know if there's any I would necessarily change. The one thought that came to mind uh, was I don't know why it occurred to me, but I'm never I'm the only mode I can think of is I wasn't big on Galvatron's jet mode. Mm hmm. Yeah, you know, because I, I understand, like, what are you going to do with a cannon and then you have to turn it into a vehicle? And part of my part of my head thought I would see like I kind of want to turn that into like a helicopter. Man, I'd forgotten about Galvatron. Me too. Like, like just like just for the sake of having something that isn't a, it doesn't turn into a jet or a space fighter or anything like some like a land vehicle, an aerial vehicle makes sense. So 
I was thinking maybe a hair, maybe a helicopter to kind of homage his shattered glass body. So I, that way, uh, like that way, like the landing skids could be his treads from the tank mode. The cannon barrel could be the start of his tail fin. This is super weird. Back when that Galvatron came out, I'm just remembering now, I kept thinking, oh, I I bet you if they if this guy is also going to have a retool like, you know, Broadside and Alpha Trion were, I bet you I can see distantly a kind of a springer in this guy. So that's freaking me out a little bit. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know what? Titans Return ended. We never got a retool of that Galvatron. Maybe that's for the better. Uh, we, we, know, we still have time. Yeah, like, what if it was a character like Tarn who's known for a mask? And that gimmick actually made sense. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Or just completely also, covers like, the face. Like later yeah. leaders like, I did. Mean, te- technically, that cannon mode's kind of a tank. A lot of remolding. Yeah. It, of re- it would probably still be a pretty lousy Tarn figure. <laughs> actually, now I'm thinking about it more. I can't. I think you'd need to re- retool enough of that figure that it would just be a new figure. Uh, but uh, maybe that transformation scheme works really well for a Tarn. Um, yeah, I don't know. For some reason, the only idea I could think of was I for I'm really attached to this idea of an astro train who only turns into a train. I don't I don't have any defensible reason why it's just it's been on well, my mind. They did one as a shuttle, technically. Yeah, yeah, yeah that the OTFCC or the no post OTFCC. No, that the, was uh, that was Fun Pub. Yeah, the, the it was it was early Fun Pub. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you know, so he's had a shuttle-only toy. He needs to have a train-only toy. Even things out. Clean up the universe. <laughs> um, all right, well, uh, I'll hit the next question. Uh, this new one comes in from Joe Scabelli, who wanted to mention he appreciates the help of the 3D-printed piece he's looking for. And I remember Aaron, you, you and me and TJ were all talking about that a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he says that uh, he's been in touch with Malwave, who offered to help. Uh, that was um, a bad choice. Oh, dear. Well, I didn't say it. That was Aaron. That was all Aaron unprompted. I hear Nerf guns caulking in the background somewhere. Um, but yeah, uh, he said, well, we figured we might not be able to get to work because of the shape of the part. Malwave offered to help him. Was super cool to talk to. Uh, the actual question is he was looking through the TF Source vintage section because they sometimes have decent deals and oldish toys. And he saw a Henke Galvatron, uh, the one with the chrome silver tank turret. It's like one of the silliest toys. I still remember every now and then uh and he was thinking about it for a second uh while he doesn't personally love it it got him thinking are there any characters you think are defined by their slightly older toy incarnations that you wouldn't want a modern replacement for or don't think one is necessary and hold on a second are you saying you, you're defining galvatron by the henke galvatron <laughs> what did he do wait to a you? minute wait a minute <laughs> what did he ever do to you <laughs> Maybe I misunderstood that. Uh, he says, as for me, it'd be a few of the larger Beast Wars toys like Apache, where for some reason that toy to me is almost beautifully simple and ends up really fun. But that might also just be my Beast Wars 2 bias. Um, so, yeah, I uh, I think there are like I think a lot of Beast era toys are kind of defined by their their Beast era figures, because a lot of those figures were pretty darn good. Um, not necessarily show characters, but a lot of the toy only characters inhabit a toy so well that like they are that figure like uh transmetal two scourge one of my favorite beast wars toys uh-huh. um i couldn't imagine redoing that figure really like he, he's he's solid for what the crazy chaos spawn thing that he a is a bunch of the beast machines yeah stuff just like i don't know how like what would you do in modern hollow out a bunch yeah. of plastic 
Like uh, the, the battle for the Allspark run from the second yeah. half of Beast Machines. Like, yeah, the toy only characters in that line are aces, uh, in my opinion. Like, there's not much to do, right? Mm-hmm. Um, TJ, are there any you can think of like that you don't really feel like you have to replace or upgrade? There's even part of me wondering off just off the top of my head uh if we were even hitting this point where with the budget shrinking compared to what it used to be if toys could even be improved from some of the previous releases there's definitely a ceiling yeah like i feel like like we just got a new jazz figure for power of the primes who i feel is in no way superior to the reveal the shield mold so that jazz i almost would say until like once we find out if he's really another toy that they were able to dress up like jazz i think that might answer that question more specifically oh well yeah i presume he's got he's a pre-tool of something to have in mind yeah Yeah. uh but but i think that in the case of like some of the beast era stuff keeping it in the same price point i think that you would run into a wall like a lot of the beast era's best basics you couldn't do as legends today yeah and I don't think that there would be much gained from like doing it as a deluxe would probably just end up redoing the figure almost one for one. Um, So short, the only gain I think would be if there are more clever engineering ideas to apply to them that we've learned since the early two thousands. Yeah. But still like Uh, like a lot, what what clever engineering ideas. Okay. So specifically the, the only one I ever think of off the top of my head is anyone who had a pull slide part, replace that with the aerial bot legs from combiner wars, like the double hinge setup. Okay. Cause pull slide parts wear out. Yeah. Still. Mm. Uh, and the double hinge is more of a timeless engineering choice that also, I think uses a few less pieces in some ways. Yeah. Um, yeah. A lot of Beast Wars stuff could also benefit from this modern idea of clamshelling all the panels together to form something more useful. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, like making use of mass is another thing that could be smartened up on a few of them um, or even just having more tabs and slots for stuff to like because I think in the early 2000s, we were still kind of struggling with the whole idea of if it's on a ball joint, does it have to lock into place or is it a posable piece of armor? Uh, and on some of those toys, it definitely could have used locking into place um, as opposed to just, you know, waggling. Um, but yeah, the Beast era, I think, is is the ripest era for that that conversation, because post Beast era is still like it's, it's still in line with a lot of modern design ideas, I think. Um, or at, at, at it's it's either that or a lot of ideas that are maybe overcomplicated for those price points. Yeah. Um. Like, there's a few characters I could think of where I wouldn't want them done now because I feel like it wouldn't work to their advantage. Uh, the one that comes to mind is Vector Prime. Yeah, Cause, yeah. Because aside from just how big that toy got to be for its price point and just how much detail they got to work into it, I feel like the simple design that they went with for that figure works to his advantage being an older Autobot. You know, I wouldn't expect him to have a 30-point transformation sequence. Mm-hmm. And he falls into the realm of a figure where the only improvement I can really think of is what if you, instead of having electronics, gave him more torso articulation? Yeah. And you just add more joints to him and that's about as far as it can go. Yeah. And then at at what point, you know, I think we had this conversation when they did uh, Skybite in Generations. Yeah. Like, at what point are you are you improving and at what point are you side grading the figure? Obviously, Skybite, you know, it's nice to have a version of him that's, that was easier to get and didn't have a ton of chrome on him that might fall off. But, mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah, that's a really, really interesting question. I like it. I, I still want to know. I don't know where you're coming from on Henke Galatron, though. <laughs> it's making that's making me squint a little bit. Uh, he's also got another question, which spawned from watching some of TJ's older recap review 2.0 videos that he thought he had missed, uh, and ended up on his on his review of Terra Dive from the Generations ish 2010 line. Um, as he was watching it, uh, he found the way that the legs essentially hinge off the hull on a pelvic stick and then spin. The base of the stick uh, is insanely reminiscent of Beast Wars 2 Starscream. Uh, and I went through the comment section. He was surprised no one else mentioned it. Uh, got him thinking, are there any toys uh, you guys have seen where there's some really strangely clear connection between the two, but not a lot of people think about it much themselves? Um, absolutely. Uh, this, I mean, this is, there, there's a lot where people do catch it. And I, I feel like... And I don't know if this is my brain filling in gaps the way memory works as it does. I feel like when Terra Dive was new, we talked about his resemblance to that uh, Beast Wars 2 Starscream Generation 2 Dreadwing yeah. guy. Uh, but, I, you know, I'm not going to go check. And this might be my brain just telling me we did because it's a logical connection. Um, it's worth noting, like, you know, especially if anyone listening is newer to the to, to Transformers, like, it is a thing that we that has been talked about at conventions that, like, it's not a retool but sometimes a transformation scheme is reused if it seems just 100% applicable to the silhouettes they're working with. Um, but I can't think of one where, like, I've seen it, but not a lot of other people have seen it. You know, like, most of the ones I can think of are, are pretty well known. Like, uh, you know, like Lockdown and that one of the records that he shares with, I think, Roadbuster um, from the movie lines. Uh, I don't know, have you guys got any in mind? Well, for the sake of being repetitive, um, where it comes to mind for me more often is when I recognize it from a toy that I would expect that level of trick engineering from and then find it trickling down into the, the smaller, less expensive figures. Like, you know, talking about the panels that form up into arms and legs that is kind of a common trick now. I first mm. remember from uh, Masterpiece Sideswipe. Like, th like, that kind of trick is where I... That's where it originates in my mind, mm. at least. So to see it now is like, ooh, like they, like, it's neat to me that something that was on a really expensive and high end figure gets put down as something that you know runs me about seventeen bucks at Walmart. So having having messed with some of them recently when I was in BC, I want to say some of the alternators might have pulled that trick earlier. Not the early alternators, but some of the later line ones had the inverting panel trick that you're talking about. <sighs> I'm trying to. I'm trying to think of any because I I had all the alternators so I did too but like I bet you a lot of people who still have them haven't messed with them for a good five years. Uh, <laughs> I mean I, th I, so mean, I don't know. I, I, I know Rumble might have been the closest to that, but I can't remember yeah. offhand. Like there's a lot like if you really get baseline with it, I think you could backtrace a lot of ideas like like really far back as far as how they've evolved and you know been used at smaller and smaller scales. Like I remember when. Uh, classic Sunstreaker and Sideswipe came out, the realization that they were doing some tricks with their transformation that, like, you know, we hadn't seen since Alternator Sideswipe, and they were adding more articulation than Alternator Sideswipe had pulled off. And it's like, holy... Oh, no, not Sideswipe, uh, Mirage. His Alternator's Mirage, uh, the leg trick oh, he used. Yeah. Um, hmm. And I remember at the time, everyone going like, oh my god, a Deluxe is transforming like an Alternator's toy. Where have we come? Like, Transformers is incredible. Uh, and now no one even talks about classics, uh, Sideswipe or Sunstreaker anymore. Um, yeah. Uh, Aaron, any, any on, on your mind you can think of? 
Oh, not past those, really. I'm sitting here just trying to think of other cases. And I know that they're out there. And it's, yeah. it's more a case of, like, I don't really begrudge it because, I, man, if you have an answer to an engineering solution, keep using it. Don't, oh, yeah, don't especially try and, when it's like reinvent. When when it's when it's been tweaked slightly as well, mm-hmm. um, like uh, recently, like Cogman, uh, I and I, I'd actually wonder if this might be an answer to the question because I don't know if anyone but me was constantly yelling about how he looks like a retool of Age of Extinction Bumblebee, but like he isn't. Uh, he uses a very similar transformation, but then he also improves it everywhere, like every single part of Age of Extinction Bumblebee's transformation, which is one I kind of liked. Uh, every every sore point I had, Cogman like addresses in some way. Uh, even in small ways. Um, and I really like that. Uh, but yeah, I, I can't think of any other ones off the top of my head, especially now that I'm just putting myself on the spot. There was more in the question here um, where uh, Skibelli said, uh, that's all I've got to ask. Thanks for the great content. Also, you guys pretty often mentioned how cool Rid Night Cruise is. I've owned that, I've owned that toy for months, and only last night after holding up to a light did I realize that it was cast almost completely in extremely tinted, smoky brown black plastic. That was one hell of a holy crap moment for me. Um, yeah, sometimes that'll happen with, with uh, toys you've had for a while. Um, and that's that actually happened with uh, a G1 toy for me recently. Um, y'all, y'all know I was talking about those Omnibots a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago? Yeah. You see, you know, the red one, Overdrive. Did you know I spent three decades not knowing that he has a fold-down crotch piece? The red square on his groin actually folds down for better clearance mm-hmm. on his vehicle mode. I never knew it folded down. It's weird how that happens sometimes. It 30 took me... years <laughs> that joint had never been moved except maybe once when I did not I was not forming memories yet and so that joint was hella tight by the way like it was a super tight joint for a 30 year old toy it's the it's the freshest joint on it you never used it yeah oh it was incredible <laughs> it's like that's how the toy was back then you got a little time capsule yeah it just it blew, it blew my mind it's happened every now and then with G1 toys where eventually I it just realized like oh like, especially in the last 20 years, I was so afraid of breaking it, I didn't know it could actually do this one thing. Uh, that, that's that's me inventing a listener question. We still have one more listener question to go. TJ, would you like to take this one? Oh, I can. Comes from Canon Jet 76. That's a one. Canon Jet 16. 16. Oh, boy. <laughs> we can math good. Goodly. <laughs> Hello, Ben. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hello, Vangelis and the Even Team. With a lacking success of the last night, there is a bigger sense of movies are going to end soon vibe floating around, but that makes me think of what they could do if the Bayverse really did end. If they went for a more kid-friendly tone in the movies, do you think they would ever include singing in them, like characters in Disney movies? If they did, uh, who do you think would get songs, who would voice them, and what what would they be about? I have a huge villain song ride recently, and I think they are the best part of the soundtracks. Maybe like an Overlord voiced by Tim Curry or something. Something with those lips of Overlords and just Tim Curry because he's Tim Curry. This is my first question and day with an account on here. And it's great to finally interact with you guys as I've been listening for years now. Now, the podcast for years now. 
and it has been a great source of connection with the rest of the TF community. A special shout out to TJ as being the first Transformer YouTuber I've ever seen and for leading me to this site. Thank you for the hours of entertainment. Click. I got two quick things to throw in. So, A, this is one of the few times where actually I didn't read the question at all beyond the first sentence because I just sort of copy pasted it. And so I just thought it was going to be about the movie verse. And when you said, would they ever include singing in them? I actually had to just quickly go and reread the question because I didn't know <laughs> if you'd made that up. Also, I, f I didn't realize that this question ended with a shout out to you. Yeah. So that must have been awkward. That was uh, that's a little strange. Oh. No, a few a few question listener, listener questions with some love for me. Thank you very much, guys. Like after this week, I've I've kind of needed that. Um, I I also want to just go, give a quick shout out to Canon Jet Sixteen. I I am also pro villain song as far as Disney songs go. Uh, Hellfire is still the best Disney song that's ever been made. Um, from Hunchback of Notre Dame. Uh, unfortunately, I don't know where Tim Curry's at right now as far as being able to voice stuff. <sighs> On fortunately nowhere uh damn yeah like, like it makes I, I read a bit of this question beforehand and it made me sad because like, I've, I've heard him at recent conventions and uh q and a's and yeah his his voice just isn't there anymore yeah i, I know he's been having uh um very up and down health where it's kind of uh it's by the minute. It's uh, at one moment. It's like, I don't think he's going to be able to work again. And then he improves enough where it's like, maybe he can, but then it degrades again. Um, so he, Tim Curry's in a pretty bad place right now, as far as I, I've last checked, uh, which is a bummer. Uh, Wikipedia, not to be researching during podcasting, says in June 2012, he had a major stroke, uh, is still mm -hmm. using a wheelchair. Yeah. Yeah, he was in um, a wheelchair at the Q&A. The, the reason why I say ups and downs is like after that stroke, he also straight up disappeared for a good while uh, and then came back and was able to. I think he did some work. He he did some work on Star Wars um, to fill in for um, the fellow who played the Emperor on Clone Wars after that guy passed away. Uh, but then he was only able to do that work for a little while and then things deteriorated for him. So, yeah, Tim Curry's been on a very up and down uh sad path for the last five years or so and I'm, I'm i really hope that uh stuff can work out for him again but you know strokes are strokes yeah that stuff is rough um but yeah as far as transformers singing uh i feel like that's more of a disney thing than a kids movie thing but you know i could see them slipping a song in I think it would happen if they had the Junkions in a kid-friendly movie. I could see a creative remembering the 86 movie scene with the Junkions and then reparsing that in his or her head into a let's have the Junkions all sing a song uh, scene. But I don't know, man, because <laughs> Transformers as a franchise is is still in this really weird total area where even at its kiddiest and its kid friendliest, it still seems to like portray itself as a little more tough guy of a franchise uh, than one that would have song and dance uh, partly on the back of the success of the Michael Bay movies. I've always felt so. I don't know. I, I would love to see it. I think it'd be funny. I know that it would make it would make the forum uninhabitable for about a week. A week. Uh, <laughs> uh, if that ever happened out in a week. Well, no, by that point, we'd have fumigated the podcast subform and we could hide out in there again. Because, uh, I mean, you're talking about a fandom. At times, there are segments of the fandom who, who, who can make parts of the forum uninhabitable over things like Windblade is in a show. So, like, 
having a bunch of characters singing, I think, would set off demographics in the fandom. It would be fun to watch, uh, no doubt, on a schadenfreude level. But uh, I don't know. Who, like To me, I think the Junkions would be the ones who would, who would start singing. But I don't, what about you guys? Yeah, I mean, of of current Transformer stuff, I think the Junkions would be the ones that bust out into song. I, do, I like yeah. I, have have we ever really discussed music in anything else in Transformers? Well, we I just realized we're leaving out the part where Wheelie literally speaks well, in rhyme speaks in half rhyme, the time but he's he ever doesn't portrayed speak anything. Lyric, like it's lyrical speech, but it's not musical. It's, it was it, there's, no, there's no there's no harmony yeah. to it. In the in the eighty six movie, they got him, they directed him in a in a sing songy way. I mean, let's be fair. The G one car. If we're doing that, then the G one cartoon had an episode devoted to everybody singing, and it was horrific. Is that the oh? Is that the one with the really freaky looking pseudo human people? Yeah, who... that's Carnage and C minor. Yeah. Oh well, that's also Junkie on focused, right? No, no, uh, that's Wasn't Blaster. Carnage... That, that's Blaster and Soundwave. Oh, oh no, no. Um, what am I thinking of? I'm thinking of the big broadcast of 2006. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, um, well, we should we should bring those folks back. What were they called? Didn't they have names like Lyrica and like Harmonious and stuff? Like, oh, I'm trying to think. Yeah, they had like made up sci-fi names based on music words. I which reviewed is great this episode. It was like the I bluntest made thing. Made a conspiracy theory that it predicted the live-action movies, and I can't remember the names of anyone. Oh, and, they, and uh, their voices were were freaky, right? Yeah, like they like weren't. They were sing- all talking like this, but it was yeah, like not like, nice. It was like it's flames. It's like the, it's like when someone first figured out auto tune but didn't know how to make it work yet. Yeah, and then they all looked kind of freaky and like they, they all had like a weird elvish look to them. Yeah, but like big eyes elvish look. They should just make a movie about that planet. Make that the, <laughs> the sixth live action movie. Go to the live action. Ver- just get a bunch of pop stars to play all the lyrical people, and and we're set. Um, like, no, like, like I read this question, and like the first part of my head is like, can we get like Disney sing-alongs in our hypothetical Generation Two movie? That'd be <laughs> fun. Geaxis just singing his way down to Earth. Geaxis just singing about how he's not going to get fired. It's thrown back to the reason why he has that name. Uh, um, no, no. If we're bringing in singing, then you know, like you've got, like you've got a character like Blaster who's all musical you we have a character who's literally named jazz i want if we do this jazz has to never sing he has to actually get kind of irritated about everyone singing <laughs> no he, no, he just no, plays one of bass oh man <laughs> no, 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 the name that popped into my head was skybite but i think that's because i've seen him performing on stage oh, in the and IDW. He has a, he's sung he is a singing transformer who has yeah. sung yeah he'd have to be in this um, I would really like a straight up Disney villain Megatron song with someone doing just an 80s villain ass kind of like not literally Frank Welker, but like that style of villain voice, but just singing about his nefarious scheme and like <laughs> like all the all the Decepticons doing that Disney villain song thing where they're all kind of like henchmen dancing in the background. <laughs> I would love that. If someone could do the at least like a fan art screenshot of what that might look like. That would make my day. In my head, it's Megatron as Scar and the hyenas as Seekers. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. And, just, and he's just going on about his master plan. 
Get him voiced by Michael Ironside. Well, Michael Ironside didn't do the... Is that the guy who played him for his speaking lines? Oh, I haven't looked it up. I haven't looked it up in a while. I'm going to look it up because I haven't looked up anything for weeks on this show, so I'm yeah, allowed to. I've been to. doing all the research this evening. That's right. Uh, all right, so I didn't get his name wrong. Uh, that is his name. Uh, uh, I don't think he played... Oh, wait, did he play Scar? I think he played Scar. Oh, no, I went to the wrong IMDb page. This is the trivia page. <laughs> There's this too is, much text here. This is why you don't research. How do I get back to his normal page? Okay, I found it. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to, to control F scar and then I screwed up typing it's the word Jeremy scar. Irons. Jeremy Irons. Okay, Ironside. Irons. That's why I screwed it up. Um, all right. Well, that was a two, three minute sequence where I'm sure someone was like on the bus, unable to type into anything and just yanking their hair out, <laughs> listening to this terrible exchange. Jeremy Irons was the, spe the speaking voice of Scar. <laughs> uh, I, I would love to hear him as a Megatron. Is he alive? Am I going to find out he's dead? <laughs> I'm going to go look that up now. Jeremy Irons. Okay, no, still around. Okay, thank goodness. That would have depressed me. Uh, anyway, what was the question again? Yeah, uh, <laughs> singing in the Transformers. Do it. I think someone should do it. I think it would be fun. Um, anyway, <laughs> thanks for uh, your listener questions, everyone. Thanks for, for putting up with our style of answering, especially that last one. Welcome to the boards. <laughs> Uh, shall we do some what we got this week to close up sure. our little show? Um, Aaron, I know I you got some stuff. Uh, so let's start with you and catch us up on your thoughts on those, uh, those power. Um, so Dreadwing, I think, uh, suffers from being just another one of those. Mm. Um, his wing. Was there another one that had the same way that his wings work? Another one of the air um, the uh, what's it air raid? Is is was his connected to the to the back part of the wing? I think that uh, Dreadwing's like movement of the yeah. wings is unique. Because I to know him. that there was another one that did that, but I think this is all part of the mash the two of them together action. Yeah, uh, and the front of his face just shot right off. That's different. Well, that's a new one by me. <laughs> Um, yeah, Jiminy I was cricket. moving his, his jet nose up and the whole front part of his face shot off. So it turns out his, uh, eyes are painted from behind in the back half of his head. Just in case hey, you wanted to know cool. that. Um, add that to the wiki. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he definitely just unfortunately gets deep into the also ran territory. Um, he's got a, mm -hmm. the... The changes to the combiner port, which I'm glad that they're that that block isn't as holy now as it was before, um, where it has the thing yeah. that flips down so that you can put the the hand armor thing in place. Um, but it really is just yet another aerial bot. Maybe I'll change my mind when his brother whatever comes out and then we can do the weird two part jet combiner thing. Yeah. Um, but it's I'm curious I'm curious how I feel about him given how much I still like yeah, the I aerial mean, bots again it's a I, case of it's not like it's a bad mold there's just nothing that's terribly oh, no, no. new and exciting about it but I also know that, that like 
a lot of people got fatigued on some of the Combiner War skeletons where, for whatever reason, mm -hmm. I didn't. So I'm, I'm wondering how I'm going to take Dreadwing. Because I, I, I know I'm not tired of those molds where I, I a lot of people very understandably yeah. are. Um, well, because we've gotten how many different arrow bots? I mean... Need more. I'm I'm even psyched for those JJang pseudo knockoff upscales okay. of them, with uh, with retooled ankles and heads and flip-in hands and stuff. I like me my arrow uh, bots. But then uh, the two others out of the line, the two Dinobots, Slug and um, Swoop, and mm -hmm. like again, I. I don't know why it wows me as much as it does, but the gold paint inside the clear plastic is amazing. Yeah, I uh, like I said, I really want to see yeah. that in person. Um, but aside from that, uh, like I wish that like Slug maybe did a little bit more. Um, just because the way that his whole upper body does nothing it seems like it's sh it seems yeah. like it's short something and some of that's there like it can pivot up and out the way so that you can use the combiner port and i mean i guess that's all right but i just wish that like some of that had been different so that maybe you could get some action like some dinosaur head action rather than just having it like get yeah. up out of the way I wonder. I'm starting to wonder about about some of the budget walls, some of the combiner um, guys mm -hmm. are running into in that line. Because I mean, we also have seen some more some more other angle shots of the yeah. two Voyagers, and like like Grimlock. Just I, I don't mind it on Grimlock so much, but he has like just a whole bunch of combiner and robot stuff chilling out in the back of his T Rex mm -hmm. mode. And did you did you guys see the the shot of what Voyager Starscream looks like in jet mode from the underside? I don't think so. I think I've seen this shot. He just looks like a headless Starscream okay. underneath the plane. Like, he, he is not transforming much for his, like, self-contained transformations. But um, outside of the um, torso mode. And, and with all three of these, well, all three of the new molds, I, I definitely feel like there's... Seeing some of the limitations of, hey, this also has to be kind of a quadruple changer with an arm and leg version in here of everything and i th i think mm -hmm. that wears on um slug um yeah once we start getting into these like like the thing that i think combiner wars was able to do to make that get alleviated on a lot of figures was everyone turned into a vehicle which meant everyone could just turn right. into a box uh, and and the Dinobots, you know, can't as much do that, like because they're boxes with limbs. Um, and I'm I'm curious how the Terror Cons are gonna feel because the, the Terror Cons at a glance seem to just be doing all of it more solidly. Yeah, maybe. Um, uh, leaving out leaving out Ripper Snapper and his dumbass bird thing yeah. mode. At least. Well, I think it may also be a case of if they are like the second iteration or third iteration, they're taking lessons learned and moving it ahead, but. Um, I definitely have mm -hmm. to say Swoop is my favorite of the first wave, but the biggest issue mm -hmm. is everything to do with the pterodactyl head is loose. Um, his jaw, his his bottom Woof. jaw does not pretend to stay in place. 
in any way, shape, or fashion. I caught that on it's the... It's just, just completely loose. The connection for the the rest of the head uh, to cover up the robot face is also very loose. Uh, I, I'll say not nearly as much as that pin-jointed-in jaw, but because nothing could be looser than the way that thing works. Um, I kind of caught that from some video clips I saw. Uh, the, it seems common on Swoop. So I have to, yep. like, have his sword jammed into the bottom of his beak and, like, propped against part of the body of it in order to have it keep up at all. Um, it's going to go... We just, uh, we have yeah, to unleash to, the power of our ministry. It's going to go onto the pile of things for when I have a couple hours on a weekend to just... Uh, floor polish all the things, but the, the yeah get get out get out the Q tips get out the floor polish say your your prayers to uh, the ministry of of tight and uh, the the way going. that his robot mode legs fold up and tuck behind uh, make an incredibly tight backpack. I thought it would be a lot worse than what it is. Um, it comes mm-hmm. off very very uh swoopable something that you could fly through the sky not just something named swoop well thank goodness his yeah. name is also swoop um but i i think of the the three new 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 molds um i think his is the best that's making me a little happier that ripper snapper is seems to be using his mm-hmm. his base parts because at least that means like even if i think ripper snapper's alt mode looks kind of dumb it sounds like he'll be <laughs> solid you keep keep saying that are you going for cutthroat cutthroat that's man it is name day today i don't even like this they they don't sound alike whatsoever this is not the jeremy iron situation yeah cutthroat ripper snapper why did i see ripper snapper he looks good anyway i'm not i'm gonna leave all that in i'm gonna own my mistake good and so then I'll so leave the, that part in. That's in a pile of primes. If you want me to talk about my other thing, I can. I don't know if anybody else has other stuff to, as to not have me completely drown uh, this thing out. Well, TJ, did you, did you get any fresh on-topic stuff? Uh, yeah, I got quite a bit. Uh, do do one of yours, and then we'll pop back over to Aaron. Okay, and actually, I think I know what Aaron's is, and we could probably both do that one from Walgreens. All right. But right. uh, I okay. Yeah, huh? Uh, but. Just to uh, break it up a little bit, I got the Prime Masters, the first wave. Oh, yeah, those things started to show up as well. I forgot mm-hmm. about that. I'm still trying to remember who is who and who is in each suit. I'm I... gonna, I'm just going to give up. I'm going to write my scripts for those whenever I do, and then I will forget it afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, like, as tiny little pretenders, they're... You know, they're a little bit more charming than the just generic uh, I come with a boat style uh, uh, Titan Masters from before. I will admit, they're going to lose variety Mm -hmm. really quick with these Mm -hmm. because all three are essentially the same toy. Like you got three parts, you got this, you got a weapon component on the back, and that pretty much determines what their weapon mode is. If it's a big barrel they're a big rifle if it's a claw they're a claw duh, duh, duh. and that's and they all have the exact same transformation so nothing special there uh, it seems like it seems like they've got one center mass that's the bulk of the legs the feet and where the 
Prime Master actually rests, and then mm-hmm. just a shell on the front that will be swapped in and out for appropriate other designs. So they'll all look different, I presume, but on a design standpoint, uh, they're all going to feel very much the same. So you really have to love this idea of tiny little pretenders. Yeah, and I, I I like it enough, but as as I've said a couple times, the I liked it the most when I first saw it, and I've been getting colder and colder on it ever <laughs> since. I like then. the idea, at least for the pretenders, that they're smaller, close to human scale. If you look at it like that, I think it mm-hmm. it works at least until I get them in hand and maybe change my mind. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it works. It works for the most part. I mean, and I do like that while they are supposed to represent different primes, the actual prime masters inside the robot modes are actually designed based on the actual pretender robots. Mm -hmm. So there's a little bit more connection there than just, well, it's just a shell with someone inside. Yeah, it, it, it is. It is a micro version of the original toys. It's just also like. This is, and this is my problem. The the original toys, I have never been... Like, if you showed me a pretender inner robot by itself, I probably could not tell you who it was. Yeah. Because they, <laughs> they're just skinny bipedal robots. And I'd just be like, I don't know, it's a pretender. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the, the, shell, the shells are the character to me, and even then, like, the, the characterful shells are often either the Decepticons or the later run pretenders. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't know. I I'll, I think I'll probably change my tune a little bit once I get them in hand. I just uh, I, I I can't see myself knocking a door down to try to get them when new waves come out. Yeah, like I I this this isn't something like I I wanted to see the first I wanted to grab the first wave as soon as they came up just because I've been curious about them and I want to have them in hand. But uh, yeah, like I feel no pressure to go out and get the next two when as soon as the next wave drops yeah and then i look at like shuffler and brawn from titan's return and i feel like something's kind of been lost it definitely has like at the very least at the very least variety's sake yeah like, this this one won't see as many obvious remolds just because you know the the front of the shells are all so different and it looks like they're going with as many of the classic run pretenders as they can mm-hmm like it actually got it actually dawned on me it's like okay 12 primes in this series 12 original pretenders but they used metal hawk and bludgeon so now i'm wondering who got skipped over the shark guy uh, some marauder <laughs> no some marauders next oh no i'm talking about the autobot shark guy the autobot shark guy because because the, the autobots when they all had the animal themed chest plates on the ones no one ever remembers there was the hawk guy with the helicopter, the shark guy submarine, and the tiger guy. I don't remember what his inner robot was. Oh, jeez. Yeah. It's... I bet those are the ones who got cut because no Rishima. one remembers them. Well, <laughs> well, originally there were six Autobots, six Decepticons, and all the Autobots look just like humans right. in spacesuits. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that's the, that seems to be the ones they're going with, except someone got skipped. I'm just curious who. Of the spacesuit guys, it's probably the ones who had the animal-themed chests. That, that's Maybe. where I think the skipping would be pulled from, because I I think those are the ones most people I never see people bring those ones up most of the time. And the Decepticon ones are not only like more characterful looking, a number of them have gotten like full on redos. They've had places in the fiction, etc. Right. Um, 
yeah, like I, I saw on Twitter, like all the excitement when the Prime Master showed up on Hasbro Toy Shop, and I was like, I hope no Canadian is doing this because you're you're gonna pay ridiculous shipping trying to rush order three very similar tiny mm -hmm. little figures. Mm -hmm. Uh, not not to, not to talk smack on your what you got so far. <laughs> no, no, justified. Um, well, do you guys want to want to go into the, sure. the clones? Um, Aaron, did you have any luck finding um... a pounce? Uh, I had a couple of people email me. Uh, it looks like uh, Nurse Midnight is going to uh, to hook me up uh, once he can once he can get me All a right. shipping number. Uh, it's very reasonable price, not the like forty five dollars that somebody was linking me on uh, on Facebook. Uh, that like, hey, here this mm. this is the cheapest auction, kid. No, another. Sixty dollars would be the other four that came out, so I don't think I'll be doing that. I think at forty something American dollars, you are actually paying for the Japanese right. two pack. I I might as well at that point. Um, I'm I'm glad you got hooked up because uh, I was going to start yelling about how we need to spread word that Aaron needs his little right uh, feline. But uh, yeah, I'm actually. I mean, I know that I saw it, but I don't also know why I was terribly surprised that the Autobot and Decepticon clones share so many friggin' parts. Um, yep. But yeah, putting the the two Autobot clones that I have side by side was was a hit because that was one of my early back into Transformers purchases was a set of clones. As I suddenly have the hiccups. Um, yeah, yeah. Good, great, good great timing, timing diaphragm. Body, you're a jerk. <laughs> punch, punch yourself yeah, in the stomach sure, and show who's right boss. On that. Actually, that that yeah, might shock your diaphragm out of out blow of chunks over my desk. You know, one or the other. <laughs> or you'll puke. Um, yeah. <laughs> but but yeah, it's all good I, I'm really grateful to have gotten these. And once I have uh, a pounce in hand, I think it'll be awesome to have all four of these. Um. I, I like the Autobots versions of the ride-along seats better than the, hey, there's just a spot on this bird's back that a dude's supposed to ride on. Um, mm -hmm. But, yeah, yeah that's kind of my impressions, my, my takeaways on it. I really wish that these had come out as as a set of Autobots and a set of Decepticons in an easy-to-get mainline thing. Well, uh, TJ, how are you feeling about the clones now that you've got uh, the Walgreens set? Um, I'm kind of in the same boat. I mean, they are very much the G1 figures with some added articulation. You know, they're very simplistic, and I kind of get why they came out the way they did. Mm -hmm. um, having the original uh, wingspan, I do notice a lot of the improvements from this one. So, like, I am happy to see a little bit of change up. Uh, that said, uh, Cloudraker could probably make just about any of those pretender robots that we couldn't identify yeah. yeah he's he's literally a pretender robot yeah like that, that's not that's not a dig either it's just he's it would have been kind of cool to yeah. see those four figures retooled into pretender inner robots of some kinds that would be awesome because uh, i think even pounce and wingspan if you t if you remove the animal heads and retool those into cockpits you could just twist them into shapes that look like pretender oh, vehicles pa pa oh well Pounce can be Catil mm -hmm. in a minute. Well, that too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do Do you guys feel at all like you're missing weapons on them? Eh. 
Kinda. I mean, it'd be nice to have an accessory Kinda. to go with them. Um, mm. but I, I will admit, when I got them transformed to robot mode, it did feel like hmm, I'm, I'm missing a step here. Oh, I don't have yeah. anything to put in those hands. But there's enough other yeah. stuff that has come out with weapons if you really needed to. I mean, well, I I got the I, I bought the non-F weapon set because uh, he he made a set of like four pairs okay. of weapons for them. Uh, and so I tried it out and I'm, I'm still trying to figure out like, cause I don't know if I felt like they were missing weapons. Cause the first time I messed with one was a shoot, uh, at toy hacks where they, their copies of the weapons for fast lane were already in his hands. And so when I got my own set of them, I was like, I don't know if I'm missing the weapons or if I'm just remembering that one of them had weapons when I messed with it before. And then I got the non F weapons like before I got the rest of the clones and so I'm still trying to figure out, like, did I need these? It's it's an interesting thing to think about. Like, they're good. They're good weapon accessories. They're just literally the G1 weapons, but smaller in many ways. Uh, and those figures all have their fist holes exposed in like spots where you can just jam the weapons in on the alt modes. But yeah. Um, any other thoughts on those clones? No. Um, like I said, I I kind of wish that these had either come out as. Uh, two two packs easily, uh, so it's a whole lot easier for everybody to have them because I feel really bad about people that end up with only parts of it. Yeah, and it's a, it's a really I understand it's a difficult set to have, you know, to manage to get out to there, but you know, one eighteen dollar pack and then two hundred dollar packs. Did you get it at eighteen or did you get it the sale price? Okay, good. Got it at the sale price. What was the sale price? I was yeah, twenty five percent. Twenty five percent off. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, I think if those two box sets had not been as squirrely to get a hold of, at least it would be like, well, it's expensive, but it's doable. And those box sets are sitting around and I'll wait for Black Friday or for Boxing Day or something. But like you can't really easily find chaos on Velocitron anymore, can you? No. Yeah. No, and chaos on Velocitron is the one that like went super quick. Yeah, I think it was around online for like two days, just just long enough to be like, man, I don't know. I uh, no. I feel like we had that conversation back when it disappeared on this podcast, when it was yeah. like, oh no, did did a window just close? Um. All right, well, Aaron, was there anything else on your end on topic? On topic, no. And uh, TJ, uh, tell me about one more on topic thing you got, then I'll do mine, then you do the rest of yours. We're planning okay. on the fly. Right. So if you haven't noticed, uh, since TFCC, I think, is reaching the end of their grace period for selling Transformers merchandise, they have oh, to get rid of... Are they at 90% off now? Uh, 80% off. The 90% was delayed because they were so backlogged on getting things shipped out. Uh, uh, delayed. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, bought a whole bunch of stuff off of that because, hey, it's Bacon stuff for 80% off. You know, my will is weak. Mm-hmm. Um, just, I might, I might as well start if we're going to hop back, um, just with a toy that got mentioned before, uh, Depth Charge. Oh yeah, the, um, oh, we, we said his name an hour ago. <laughs> Terra Dive. Terra Dive, <laughs> yep. 
which was available in signed and unsigned varieties and both still up last I checked. That's because they all, that toy, it's a good toy. I think they might have done a pretty big production run on that toy. I think so. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised just because that was the carded release, the one carded thing they did. So yeah, might have needed a bigger run just to justify it. I think that they were already starting to try to, you know, kind of clearly ditch some of that stock like within a year of its release. Yeah, I uh, remember that being on sale pretty often. Bum me out because that's a, that's a one of the best looking figures they've done. I think. Oh yeah, it's an extremely clever repaint. Yeah. I mean, Terra Dive's head actually works really well, especially if you imagine it as like a younger depth charge. Yeah. Yeah. And and like the the colors are all like popping too. like there's I recall that figure not having a single like, why did you do this color placement choice kind of critique that I could think of? Yeah, he he just works like it like it all just feels very very Cybertronian depth charge. Like, go, like, I could put... If I had Dawn of Future's Past, I could just set him up there and he'd just go right in with them. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I mean, they're, they'll be they'll be 90% off. Actually, no, they're not They're not even on... Can you uh, imagine no. if they if just suddenly they put an 80% off Dawn of Future's Past box set on that site? Oh, my God. The place would explode. Just quietly at, like, 3 in the morning? <laughs> this one, this one of the Bacon sets, it still has, like, well over double its original value. It's I think it's going to be the Bacon set that holds its value yeah, after it, all the other ones fall. Like, it's that, well, that and Shattered Glass, those are the two that just never budge. Yeah, I mean, how did the 2011 animated set do? Do you know it all? I don't remember. I, I know... I know I've gotten figures from that before fairly cheap, but that was out of uh, that was out of Mandarake, and I'm not sure they knew what they had when they listed them. Yeah, like I feel like that set didn't hold super high value, but it it, it didn't plummet yeah. the way some of the other ones did. Yeah, I know Wings of Honor plummeted. I know oh, G two Honor. I know G two Redux didn't hold value. Yeah, Wings of Honor. I wish that set had done better. That set, I felt like, got ditched by everyone, BotCon and the fandom. Yeah. Uh, it had it had some garbage in it, I think. Like, the, the Young Cup figure just didn't work. But it had a couple winners that I think are, like, if anyone, like, Flack, all right? That's what I'm talking about. It has Flack and it almost Land Shark, but Flack. <laughs> the whole reason that set exists is that gorgeous Flack, best use of the mold, Flack. No one talks about Flack anymore. I don't know, I just oh. miss I I don't I just realized the nostalgia I've gotten from you saying Flack. Yeah, good old Flack. Been a while. He has a new head. No one knew he had a new head. No one even noticed afterwards for like a year that he had a new head. <laughs> Poor Flack. Uh no, but okay, so yeah, depth charge, extremely clever repaint, works really well. Uh Aaron, your claim that nothing could be looser than your the hinge on your swoop, I beg to differ. Oh no oh, no boy. no! We'd ha- we'd have a competition here because oh no like, no! I'm moving. I, no. I'm pretty sure that this pin just exists as a formality. No, I'm like I'm just rocking depth charge here back and forth, and his left arm is just going back and forth, back and forth. He's just got a hinge connecting it to his torso that does not have a slight bit of grip. One of you guys, like the winner, is the one who can get the pin just slide out without touching the pin with your hands. 
That's the <laughs> that's how you know who's got the loosest. That's a bummer to hear. I, f I don't remember anything about joint tolerances on Death Charge. Like, I don't remember if they were good or bad back when he came out. Well, uh, this is not a good example. Either no. way. Hey, you know what? Maybe that's why he was 80% off. <laughs> I I have this small theory in the back of my head that some of, not all of, but I bet some of the bottom stock, some of the, like, the, the grime on the bottom of the shipping container stock for that sale is just the leftover, like, well, we had a return on this. Yeah. Yeah, just, just leftover uh, customer service stock. Of, well, if we need parts, here's the extras to break down that don't work so well. Yeah, like, I'm sure it's not, like, literally the broken ones, but at BotCons, I know people have had done exchanges just when the joint tolerances didn't feel very good. Right? Yeah. So, some of that's probably floating around in well, there. Well, th this was also sealed on cards, so that might be a little bit difficult. Some people are very creative and very dedicated <laughs> to... <laughs> uh, well, grats, uh, aside from the shoulder, on, on getting a good depth charge... Um, I'll just do, I got one on topic thing. I just, I'm just going to do quickly. I'll link you guys in the Zencaster chat. Cause it's the one that's open here. Um, I got a review copy of the new ocular max. Well, it's not actually, I got it. I got it well after everyone else did, <laughs> including people who bought it, but I got a review copy of the somewhat new ocular max cosmos called Omni. Um, and I, I have not messed very much with either of the other two, masterpiece alike cosmoses i would like to highlight that we live in a day and age where there are three unofficial masterpiece oriented cosmoses and i want to imagine cosmos is a real person who's extremely happy about this that like anyone cares enough about him to have made three different cosmoses mm -hmm. um so it's a pretty cool figure it's very heavy uh, it's got this gimmick where um, there's a blue in the pictures. There's a blue plate on the front cockpit window, but there's a window on the front and back. The front one has actually a little blaster inside and the back one has a little bumblebee inside. Um, you can't do anything with them. They're decently painted, but you also can't hide them like you can hide blaster, but you can't ever hide that bumblebee. Uh, okay. And that, that's that's been a talking point for some people. Um, also, if you look through the blaster window and you get, look at it from an upskirt angle, you can kind of just see a giant cosmos face behind him but I want to believe that's canonical. Like if people are riding around in Cosmos, his giant head is just in the middle of the bridge. Yeah. Um, Hi guys. No. God. Oh, it's <laughs> You got like something in your teeth. No, what, don't. What is... I have a face plate. That's impossible. <laughs> Everyone's just coming up with reasons to leave for Cosmos. Um, the transformation is pretty cool. Um, the, the UFO mode is, I mean, like, what is what is the metric on which one judges a UFO mode? Can you see it hovering over a pasture sucking up cattle? Sure. Can you see it <laughs> hanging from a string in a black and white movie? Absolutely. Because I'm writing a review and I don't know how to actually do critically discuss a flying saucer mode. It's a disc-ish. You, you, you just gotta, like, put something together with some fishing line. Mm -hmm. And just go as well, you hover, hover back mm -hmm. and forth. I can't make that noise, so I, I I'll just send me your script for for creepy whistling, and I'll I'll catch you four or five different things. What I could hire someone with a theremin though, and and get it get it like proper, you know, the way they did it back then. Right, but you know, I I, I thought you would respect the craft. Well, I not not just hire out to someone. Are you claiming that you are a human theremin? Is that what I'm hearing? I can just prove that. 
Vangel I almost called you Vangelis. What is it with me and names today? What is the crossed wire I don't know. in my head that is replacing names with other names when I try to say them? That's frustrating. I was about to say, are you Aaron the Human Theremin? I think because that rhymes slightly. It, your your it just brain just rejected brain it. Just, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, um, his robot mode's fine as well. He's like decently posable for a cosmos. He's got an ab crunch, which is adorable. Um, he's got this thing, though. A lot of people have broken their their omnis. Um, his waist swivel is connected by a, um, a pillar into a socket that's held in with a screw. His hips are built into the skirts. So when he lifts his leg up, the skirt is moving as well. There is a position uh, in which moving the hip up in this position during transformation can apply a massive amount of ratchet-backed force to that screw and just break the peg. Uh, so there is a point during his transformation where you absolutely do not want to move his hips. The thing I'm not sure about yet is if that same thing, that same phenomena can happen if I move his hip forward and backwards when his waist is twisted in a certain position. I've been experimenting carefully because I don't want to break him in half until I've finished like, filming him, and I, I still would like to not break him in half. But I'm not entirely sure like what the limitations are like he, he's i'm not finding him easy to break at all uh but i would love to be able to explain like almost on a user guide level how to safely interact with the hip joints and it's a shame because it's like everything else in this guy i think is really well done and if there had been an extra half millimeter of clearance for his hips this would not be an issue uh so it, it has a very like it's a, it's a wording I've been using a lot. It has a very... Um, oh, I'm trying to think of how to put this. This was designed in CAD. It was tested by people, but it feels like it was tested more mathematically uh, because this, this seems like this was not... The symptom was not caught until copies of this got out in the wild. Uh, and you have people, like, transforming him without instructions, kicking his legs around while he's transforming, you know, and then... It's a shame because Ocular Max, it always feels like Ocular Max gets the short end of the stick one way or another. And this Cosmos is really solid for the line. But then this whole thing happens. And obviously, when you come, when it, when you come to the, the tone of third-party masterpiece alike, you get some very, very, very... Um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Customers who have needs. Very specific needs. And if those needs are not met, they're angry customers because the toys are also expensive and the masterpiece alike marketplace is a very heavy loaded and occasionally rather toxic marketplace. So uh, it's, it's also fun trying to sift through discussion threads to figure out what's wrong with the figure. Cause you, you get, you get the worst version of it a whole bunch of times, mm -hmm. uh, which then makes, you know, a, a me trying to transform the toy for the first time friggin terrified that he's going to break the toy in half until he does it once or twice uh, and gets a better feel for what the problem is. But uh, yeah, it's a shame. The The figure is really great uh, in many other respects, but uh, this is this is a real nasty um, ball and chain around its ankle. And until someone can like deliver a very clear explanation as to how this happens and how to avoid it. And I'm hoping I can be the person to do that, but I need to experiment some more. Uh, it's hard to say what to do with this dude. Um, he's heavy, though. He feels like a landmine. He's packaged in, in UFO mode. Looks and feels like a landmine. But it doesn't sound like that's been a problem for anyone at Customs. <laughs> uh, that's my on top of what I got this week. So, uh, TJ, what else did you get? 
Okay, so pretty much uh, with only with only a few exceptions, I tried to grab a little bit of everything that was left at the eighty percent level when I got there. Mm-hmm. So uh, I have the Cybertron's most wanted set. I have the Machine Wars Redux set. I got the Warruders. I'm. Are they still there, the Warruders? I believe so. I don't really want to buy anything from the sale, but I, I just keep, keep sitting there going like, you know, I kind of like those Warruders, but like, <laughs> I don't want to pay for shipping. I don't. I don't want to get like. I don't know. I don't know what warehouse this thing's been kept in. Uh, <laughs> I'm shaking my head a whole lot. You yeah. can't hear it. <laughs> I, I could feel it. Don't worry. Mm. Uh, and besides that, uh, last just the uh, the custom class blast charge. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Just because I thought it was neat to own an unpainted toy, like as close I'll get to a prototype. Yeah. Okay. But uh, a bunch of those are at eBay bound, so some of them I've not even opened up. Some I know are going. Some I'm still deciding on. Uh, the Warruders got opened up. Because I love, I, I don't know why, I love all of those colors on all of those wasps. They all work, and I, they shouldn't, they do. Oh, it's it's absolutely the highlight of that year's offerings, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Like, it's, it, it, looks, it looks solid in pictures. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are a lot of fun, but seems to be a common thing that, and maybe this goes back to the theory of these are just the dregs, the leftovers, because as far as I know, a lot of people are getting extremely loose heels on them. Woof. Yeah. Not good on a toy like Waspinator who has a big butt and a big gimmick on his back that needs uh, a little bit more balance. Mm-hmm. Well, also, like, the like actual Waspinator was one of those toys where, like, some copies got micro fractures that made people get freaked out, I remember. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was that was on the shoulder hinge. I haven't had any of those yet. Okay, because I remember that was my first thought when I, I heard Fun Pub doing Waspinator was like, oh, no, the shoulders. <laughs> I'm I'm willing to bet the second run molds that they've been using might mm. actually have loosened the tolerances enough to not be an issue. Yeah, that's good. He's knocked it loose a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Mold's been run you know a hundred thousand times. You know, there's is there's barely any friction there anymore. It's not going to break. I was about to ask if that was Brian Savage just came into the room to talk about the work he did at the factory, <laughs> but we'll leave that alone. Uh, that sucks about the heels. Yeah, but otherwise they're a fun little set if you dig that Waspinator mold, and you should. It's a good mold. Yeah. Uh, like, like the Waruders are also, like, like they're doing, they're, they're in the midst of Diaclone reboot right now over at Takaratomi. The one thing that we still see nothing of except for a piece of artwork is new Waruders. Well, never know. Mm-hmm. Uh, beyond that, from Cybertron's Most Wanted, the only one I've opened up, the only one I know I'm keeping is Oil Master. Mm-hmm. Just because that's an interesting one to keep. Uh, Shell is way bigger than I thought it was. Yeah, I uh, I think eight months after that BotCon, eight months or whatever, the next TFCon after that BotCon, someone let me mess around with Oil Master for a bit. I think they thought I was going to buy him, so I felt a bit guilty afterwards. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's it's a big pretender shell. Like I, the the fact that the what is it the the that one the Optimus and the the Megatron like all the the Fun Pub pretenders apparently have been sitting around at the sale for a while. Uh, that's the other temptation I had reading those listings was like the pretenders and the warriors, basically. Well, the, the prime and the Megatron went away. Okay. And, yeah. Okay. One less thing to worry about. <laughs> yeah. Like the, the last one that went away that I was bummed out was Nova prime. Hmm. Like that's, but, uh, what, what, 
But beyond that, um, yeah, it's a fun little set. Like he, like for as big as he is, because if you've never seen him in person, he's like old school ultra class size. Yeah, and he holds a legends and, for lack of a better term, a target master. And it's all in the backpack. Mm-hmm. Like for as bulky as big as he is, I was surprised that it's just yeah, you just wedge a truck into his backpack and okay, as long as it all fits, whatever. Uh, yeah. <laughs> But it's a neat little set. You know, I like I like that they came up with a I, I like that he came with a couple weapons from the uh was it the construct bot sets. Uh yeah. I th- I want to say yes. I, I want to say that's where they were borrowed from like it was either construct bots or it was uh large scale uh legends to deluxes like the upscaled prime toys. Mm, I, no, no, I know all those weapons. Mm. No. No, then, these then have it like was construct the, bots. Yeah, because these have some extra connection points on that don't really apply to anything. Yeah. No, it's a it's a it's a fun little set. It's a it's at least a it's at least a discussion worthy set since it's a lost piece of G one. Isn't Cybertron's most wanted the set that had the the new head mold uh, breakdown in it or yeah breakdown uh, prime breakdown is like movie Megatron. Yes, it is. Okay, that'll if you're not hanging on to that, that'll probably move because that. That mold is moving still. Yeah, uh, that's. I uh, there's part of me that's tempted to keep it just because I think the the three microns he comes with are clever. Yeah, but beyond that, yeah, I find that to be a real kind kind of a useless Megatron to have because he's just a Megatron. I want to like that one more. I, I I need to look at him again. Um, I don't, I don't have one. I need to look at pictures of him again. I just remember, I remember thinking the concept was cool, but then once I got into the concept, I felt more let down by the head. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I, I like, I, I was happy to see like the movie verse directly getting referenced at the, at a convention. Cause I felt like that's the easiest thing to just not even talk about. Right. Uh, that's cool. I still haven't, I still haven't looked at that sale for since like I think back when it started, yeah, it, it, it's get, it's getting down to like the slim pickings. I think even the Machine War set's gone now. Oh wow, <laughs> it's a bummer that that's like a landmark for really. me. I like <laughs> I, I liked parts of that set except for where it was supposed to be a Machine War set. Yeah, it was a Machine War set, and the box has Obsidian on it. Wait, it's Obsidian and Strika and a G two laser rod. Uh, I forgot who else was in it. No, it was uh well it was strike it was strike and obsidian, it's hoist. It, mm. It's like to be fair, three legitimate beast or uh, machine wars figures. It's oh, ho- I mixed it's up hoist, hoist with the laser rod. That's what yeah, I did. It's, yeah, yeah, it's uh hoist sky warp and megaplex. Right. Oh right, Megaplex was uh was a prime toy. Yeah, Dreadwind. The, yeah, it was Dreadwind with Dreadwind's head. Which is really strange. Yeah, I have not opened. I have not opened him. So guess where he's going? Womp womp. Uh, out of that set so far, Strike is the only one open. I'm still mulling over Obsidian. I like that Striker. I thought that was a really good Striker. Yeah, it's a really nice Striker. It's a good choice, and it's a mold I absolutely love. So I love an excuse to just get the mold again. Mm-hmm. So inverse to my uh, my Death Charge, I want to see if you can hear this. I hear clicking. That's the ball joint. Ah, okay. That's, that's the, not good if that's a ball joint. 
Like it's not a it's not like a squeaky like this is gonna snap on me ball joint, but you could tell okay. this this toy you know, like it just like it's got such a grip it just likes to crunch a little bit when you move it. Yeah, I was gonna say at I first that sounded like a great clicky joint. Yeah, it yeah. sounds like a great clicky joint, not a clicky joint. Uh, it I might think might they, be worth like sticking like just a little tiny like salt granule sized piece of Vaseline in there. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna have to loosen it up a little bit because it is a. Uh, a little bit frightening to set to hear in person uh like yeah like dead dead solid joints i'll give it that yeah well good it's strike it should joint should be she should have the, the tightest joints mm-hmm. most rock solid construction but no no she manages to be really cool use of the mold mm-hmm. i was happy with her uh blast charge Kind of the same, other than there's there are a couple joints on him, that, not to that level of tightness, but he also has one fist that's just floppy. Yeah, just, just like all the joints are good except one hand that just goes up and down. Um, well, uh, that was a funny one for me because I was reading up on how it ended up with Striker's head instead of the actual uh Warpath head. Mm-hmm. Because uh, apparently it was just supposed to be blast charge, and I went, "Oh, we ran the wrong." Okay, um, they're striker clones now. I'll just say the striker clones. <laughs> Whatever, we we make it up. We'll just. It's the customization class figure. Well, it was Don't also think... in the fiction. Remember, I, so it they is, had to go, they had to go they... back and <laughs> futz with all that too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, more excuses to get one of my favorite molds, so I'm not so, happy with them. It's, it's so weird to not have fun pub stories anymore. Like like those, not not the fiction stories. I mean, like those story stories. Yeah, the trials and tribulations of the fun pub production process. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, that's pretty much what I've opened so far. They just came in uh, today, so like nice. literally, I've had like an hour to sit down and figure out which ones are staying and going. <laughs> I, I'm so tempted on the battle trap because that's a super clever use of Springer, but mm-hmm. we just got confirmation that there is an actual new battle trap coming out. I miss that. As uh, a Toys R Us listing. Uh, oh, that. Okay. I see. So you know how I, I missed that? Is I saw the first line of it when I saw all the names I'd already known, and I was just like, "Well, I know this already," and then I didn't read the rest of the, the news entry. <laughs> Yeah, they are actually uh, the blurry images were right. They are doing the two halves as individual figures, and then Battle Trap is a combination Energon style. Hmm, that's good to know because I've always been tempted by that Collectors Club Battle Trap. Uh, now, now I can hold off. But yeah, uh, that's pretty much what I got. All right. Um, well, going into off-topic, uh, maybe briefly, uh, Aaron, is there anything major off-topic you um, wanted to hit up? No. No. All right. Just nothing. Not really. Um, I've got one fresh off-topic thing I can talk about briefly. I just was doing a quick Google search to find you guys a picture. I got a review copy of a thing from, uh... Oh, what's the... Uh, I got a pop-up on Zencaster thing. I've run out of... Oh, I've run out of disk space for a local backup of this data. Oh, whatever. As long as he's still putting it on my Dropbox, I don't care. And and also Audacity's still running, so I don't know what... Th- Zencaster is doing just the, the weirdest dumb backflips lately. Uh, I'll leave all that in so you can all know what it's like to work with podcasting. It's fun. 
Um, anyway, uh, 3A sent over a review copy of one of their Showa TK Troopers. It's a 1-6 scale, uh, kind of a robot stormtrooper, but it's not a stormtrooper. It's a TK Trooper from the PopBot universe. It's a Tomorrow King. Uh and I got the, I got the Black Sun Commander version. They had four colors of this come out, uh, and they all are, have slightly different accessories, basically, and mostly in numbers. So the Black Sun guy he comes with uh, three belts, five pouches, and uh, ten grenades, along with his shotgun, backpack, and katana sword. Uh, and then like there's like a, a, a Sand Trooper version who comes with a poncho and less pouches and two less grenades. There's a Phasma version with two less grenades and chrome. And then there's a normal stormtrooper who just comes with a sword and a gun and none of the soft goods stuff and he was like a bit cheaper uh anyway it's like a 3a16 robot body it's uh it's very nicely articulated very well built a lot of ratchet joints like a lot of the stuff that they've been doing on their bigger transformers robots i feel like has been trickling down uh decently to some of their smaller guys too so it's like they're they're getting better at building their toys to feel like just rigid mechanical toys and not ball joint pop vinyl type stuff that happens to be robots and it's a good evolution um the uh the, the figure's fine like the, the only thing i found with him so far is he's got grippy hands so you can swap in and all the all the hands are kind of soft rubber and the grippy hands are all slightly too open to actually hold on to the accessories very well so i'm trying to do like uh hot cold treatment to make them uh a little bit tighter a grip um He's got, like, a magnet connection for his backpack, which is super heavy, hardcore solid, and another magnet on the backpack that you can attach the shotgun to the side of it. Uh, that being super solid was very nice to see, because the last time I read about 3A and magnet connections on a 1-6 scale piece was the Master Chief, where a bunch of friends of mine had gotten it, and none of the magnets worked right. So it seems like that was all solved um, on this figure. Uh... So I, I, I just got him like the other day, so I got to I got to mess with him some more. But the joints all feel good. The, the actual the hand feel is fine. And that's that's the first major thing to cross over. So I'm going to put that video together this week. Um, and by then, hopefully also all the, the fresh paint smell will be done. Uh, but that's my off topic. So, uh, TJ, was there anything off topic on your end you want to talk about? Um, no, uh, TFCC got my budget for the week. Words I never hmm. thought I would say. In 2017 as well. <laughs> well, you know what? They're not going to be able to do that ever again. So. Oh. <laughs> not in a few weeks, they can't. Yeah. It's going to be weird. I wonder what's going to happen to all the leftover stuff after. I literally think they have to junk it. Like, once the, you know, once they, once that little grace period's over, they legally can't market anymore. So they can't market it online, but like would it be illegal for them to sell it to themselves for like a penny and then sell it off a table at toy shows I'm afterwards? Not sure how that works. I presume they have to market it somehow or else why yeah, would you I, I would, I sell would it 90% that they, off? They still own it. And at this point, like they're just looking to get rid of it because it's just sitting in a warehouse and it's not getting sold. So Cut it as hard, yeah. cut it as, hard I, I, as they reasonably can to just afford to have someone to put it in a box to get rid of it. Because yeah, otherwise, but, after yeah, that, even, it, beca it does well, become like, okay, there's a dumpster. Even that, like... You go. 
Okay. <laughs> but seriously, to undercut it 90%, like that's not something you do if you have even the slight amount of warehouse space, even just shove mm-hmm. them into the corner and only, you know, just wait for them to sell out at 70% and at least try to come as close as you can to break even. 90% so- is when you have to get rid of it. You're going to take a loss no matter what. At least, at least this way you take yeah. less of a loss. So that that's so here's here's my thinking is because I think that they're only able to sell it online this year. So once that runs out, you lose where 90 percent of probably your sales mm-hmm. will ever come from um, that. And if they have a whole lot left over, like warehouse space is expensive. Uh, there are a lot of like there's a lot of companies like Four Horsemen having massive success with Mythic Legions and the you know Gothatropolis beforehand. Only this past year finally got warehouse space, yeah. if I understand correctly. And from memory, uh, FunPub's warehouse was like immediately adjacent to Brian Savage's house. Like the mm. the the mailing address on ingoing and outgoing mail was like when you looked at Google Earth, it was like a house with a really big attached like garage like five car garage. And I mean, if he, if Brian's still running the G.I. Joe show, there's a chance that he wants all that space available for future Joe right. product. You know, like he's like if I were in his position, I would see this as I don't want this Transformer stuff taking up more space when it can't be sold online. When I'm going to still have an indefinite future of G.I. Joe product coming in and needing the space to, you know, to be sold mm-hmm. online afterwards. Um. Yeah. Oh man, I we haven't talked about this stuff in so long. I'm almost having nostalgia <laughs> for it. That's odd. Uh, anyway, that's been a podcast. So thanks for tuning in, everyone. Um, especially through our weird, ongoing, like strange technical things. <laughs> like they're not they're not show ruining. It's just I have a red pop up that is going off over and over again on the Zencaster window. Uh, but we'll be back later with some more Transformers talk. Uh, And until then, uh, please, please take care of yourselves and stay safe. (laughs) 